for Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Now, over the years, many people have speculated about the end of time. Will there be a great war? Will there be a great earthquake? Where there, will there be rapture? Where the faithful vanish like in the left behind state? Would the end come in 2011 as American Harold Camping predicted? No. Would the end come in 2012 according to the Mayan calendar? No. Again, that prediction failed. Will the young come later this year? Or in 22 billion years, as some scientists predict? Even the first disciples wanted to know when this was going to happen. And today's text is just the first eight verses of Jesus' much longer answer. For the rest of Mark 13, he described various signs, wars, Rumors of wars, earthquakes, religious persecution, the betrayal of family members, false prophets, false messiahs, and much suffering. But he said that all these things are only the beginning of the end. Throughout the chapter, he also made it clear that no one knows when the end will be. And how often have we in our personal lives thought, oh, you know, just when we had an earthquake, you know, wherever, or the tsunami that happened in Asia. Every time we hear of this, we're like, it's gotta be the end. Because we're still waiting. We hear of wars and rumors of wars. There have been earthquakes in different places around the world. Followers of Jesus have been beaten and even killed for their faith. There has been speculation and searching for signs. No one knows when it will be. But in the meantime, we are to follow Jesus' instruction and example for what to do while we wait. Instead of being overly concerned about the time to come, we need to attend to our work. The why work if Jesus is about to return? Why try to make peace when war is a sign the end is near? Why care for the environment when there will be a new heaven and a new earth? Let it go. God will make it right in the end. Yet God has left us with work. In Matthew 25, Jesus talked about how he'll separate one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. And what sets them apart, said Jesus, is feeding the hungry giving drink to the thirsty, welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked, visiting those who are sick or in prison. The coming day of the Lord is no excuse to ignore our responsibility as God's stewards. Now at the other extreme, there may be those who doubt that Jesus is coming again. He didn't come as some expected before the New Testament writings were complete. He did not come at the many other times throughout history that his arrival has been predicted. Even Paul says in the New Testament writings that we shouldn't get, we shouldn't really be obsessed with relationships and 
sex and things like that, we shouldn't get married, like he didn't get married, because Jesus is coming back. <laughs> yeah, that didn't turn out so well, did it? He didn't come back in 2011, he didn't come back in 2012, and not yet today. So some may wonder, will he ever come? Why stay alert when nothing seems to be happening? On the night of his arrest, Jesus prayed in Gethsemane and asked Peter, James, and John to join him. I'm deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. But in spite of his urging, three times he returned and found them sleeping. Perhaps it was the lateness of the hour. Perhaps it was all the activities of the day. Whatever the reason, they couldn't keep awake. Today, there are many things that might lull us into complacency or distract our attention. Just as Jesus' first disciples had trouble staying awake physically, we have trouble staying awake spiritually. The Lord is coming and we will live in expectation of that. And with this expert, this perspective of eternity, we can work at things that matter and let go of the rest. We can stop trying to please other people and start forgiving those who wrong us. We can realize that the failures we may experience in this world are only temporary. Instead of sleepwalking through our days, we can be alert to pray and to recognize the opportunities that God places before us. Instead of being fearful, we need to place our confidence in God. In a letter to the early church, James 5, 7 through 8, said, Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. Now, Melissa, I might need a little help with this uh, illustration because you grew up on a farm. <laughs> so the farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient, right, until it receives the early and late rains. As a farmer, you got to be patient. No farmer, though, can sit around and do nothing, right? Does your dad sit around and, like, you know, in an easy chair in the room? No. <laughs> I have a stepbrother who's a dairy farmer. Same thing. The fields need to be prepared. Then they need to be toiled, toiled, tilled, sorry, mm -hmm. soil tilled, and do um, the planting, right? All through the growing season, the farmer is what? Watering. What else? Weeding. Weeding. Oh. <laughs> Insecticides. You know, if you talk to Lee about growing up in Wyoming, when he was growing up, you could put anything on your crops that you wanted, which is why he has nephrology. Now, he says, you almost have to have a PhD before you could put anything on your soil. But they're always doing something. Like that. And then there may be pruning, right? Thinning out your plants, fixing the fence, you name it. It's always something. Yet in all this activity, 
the farmer still needs to wait patiently for God to bring about the growth. So I'm wondering in this congregation, we farmers in this congregation, how are we preparing to plant the fields and then eventually the harvest? So this is the interactive part of the sermon. A couple weeks ago, we talked about our faith journeys, right? Our faith stories. And how the best way to grow is relationship. In some ways, a farmer has a relationship with the field, right? Has a relationship with the seed. Sometimes I wonder if a farmer has more of a relationship with the seeds than he, he or she does with so, what do we need to do here in Louisville, here at Third Lutheran, as we wait patiently for God to come back? How are we going to plant that? And I'm going to stop talking until I hear people start to talk. Talking to people about God, inviting them to our church, and uh, see God in us. Oh, see God in us. How's that working out for you, <laughs> What else? <coughs> Great idea. Sir. Just being a good example. Being a good example? Amen. Around your coworkers or your neighbors or whatever. What? God is coming. Why should we have anything to worry about with the world? Well, look around and see how that's been working for the people that are doing it. Don't we always have snow, ice storms in November? Yeah, 1989. 1989 was the last time? But there's no such thing as you know, climate change or global warming, right? It was all supposed to happen. <coughs> I heard it's a hoax by the Chinese. Uh, it's a hoax <laughs> by the Chinese? Oh, <laughs> oh the Russians did oh. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
when we were in Hawaii, we were driving along the coast and the trees that were planted on that side of the roadway uh, closest to the beach were all falling into the ocean. In fact, I said to Sean at some point, I said, you know, if we came back in five years, I don't think those trees will be there anymore. I'm not sure this road will be here. Willow, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was Martin Luther who said something like, if the world ends tomorrow, if I knew the world was going to end tomorrow, I'd still plant a tree. Plant an apple tree or something like that. Yeah. We need to be planting trees. And we need to be doing justice. I'm going to look to Barbara and Melissa, especially about that. No. <laughs> Barbara's shaking her head, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do justice. Yeah, I want to do justice. So what else do we need to do? We need to take care of all of, all of God's creatures. You know, we're, we're supposed to be stewards of the earth, so we need to take better care of all of the animals. And, of course, Dina's doing her part as a docent at the zoo, right? Andrew? advocate for more and more for human rights. It does seem like some human rights are eroding right now, <laughs> right? Not just in this country, but around the world. What other things? Get off fossil fuels. Get off fossil fuels. Ah. I wonder if, if we had spent so much time right after the first Gulf War developing solar and wind power, we really would have needed the second Gulf War. If you travel through northern Indiana, you'll see windmill after windmill after windmill. It's amazing. In, when we were in Hawaii this, this spring, Hawaii has a goal of becoming energy self-sufficient. I, I think it's either 2020 or 2025. Every single house that I saw had a solar panel, at least one, on the roof. Near the mountains, there were all these windmills. You name it, they're doing it. So, but we also need to be a little closer to home. We have people in our congregation who haven't been in this room yet. So the relationship that we've built with these folks need to be a little tended to. The farmers in us need to tend to our relationships with the folks who aren't in this room. Somebody asked me yet again the other day, when are we moving to the chapel? I don't know, other than I know that Christmas Eve will be in the chapel. But I can tell you that once we outgrow this space, we'll need to do something. But we won't outgrow this space unless, A, our folks have returned. I think you may remember Melissa asking us to stick with this through Labor Day. Labor Day? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can extend that to New Year's Day. Um, but then we also need to continue to invest. As we do the work that God has given us, even as we are alert to the opportunities around us, we also need to be patient, to wait, to place our confidence in God. And Sean will be the first one to tell you that I have no patience. I'm second. You know, like the old joke, when God was handing out patience, I was out looking for something. You were behind the door. I was behind the door, okay. 
and I live my life, you know, for those of you who were here for my last milestone birthday, you'll remember that I said, I didn't think I was going to live long enough to see 50. I still live my life that way. Living with a lot of chronic illnesses, you tend to do that. Living as your pastor in this church that has limited resources and very impatient and trying put my confidence in God, and I do most of the time, but sometimes I still need to hear that. So even in the face of unanswered questions, in the face of uncertainty about the future, we need to remain calm and confident of God's provision. We're not there yet, but we know that God goes before us and will sustain us to the end. God grants us grace for this in-between time. In between Jesus' first coming and the second coming, in between our birth and our death, open our eyes to the opportunities that God places before us. Be alert to do prayer, but more importantly, awake to do God's work. And all of God's people, amen.